Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about brow and lash care, which is a subject I know that our listeners love hearing about. So I can't wait to get into this episode. And to do so, we have on brow and lash pro Jasmine Amani, who I am obsessed with her aesthetic. Definitely go and follow her on Instagram. We will drop her Instagram handle in the show notes so you can do that. I think you guys will love her aesthetic just as much as I do. So without further ado, Jasmine, welcome. Hi. Well, I like I said, I'm so excited to have you on the pod. I'm so excited to have this episode. I love talking about brow and lash care. But before we get into all of that, I always like letting the audience and you know myself as well get to know you a little bit better. So what is your background and what was your journey into the beauty industry? Um, so I started beauty, it's been a good five years now. And before that, I was in fashion for over 15 years. So I started um, straight out of high school. I went to FITM uh, in LA and I knew I was like obsessed with anything that had to do with fashion. So I took some time to figure out really what area to get into. And it's funny because I went to fashion school saying I will never be a buyer and I left being a buyer. Um, so yeah, fashion's my background. I was in it. I loved it. I've done um, buying, creative directing, overseeing many departments, works for a lot of cool companies, um, a lot of wonderful owners. And then I got pregnant with my child and discovered beauty on a deeper level, I would say. Okay. So once you made that connection to beauty, you made that relationship to beauty. Then at what point did you decide you wanted to focus on brow and lash care? Because, you know, I feel like this is an area of beauty that is like so hyper-focused. So what was it about, you know, this aspect of the beauty industry that you fell for? Yeah, I really thought there wasn't enough information. So I was always a big fan of lash extensions, but I really liked them to look so very natural. Um, I would find myself really talking through with the artists I would work with about like how light I really wanted them. And so that came back to me um, after child when I was getting lash extensions again. I really liked lash extensions because um, I'm not a big makeup person, but I always felt like lashes and brows, as long as you had those things, you know, you can wake up and feel done. So once I uh, got back into lash extensions, I realized there was just a lack in the environment on educating um, health around lashes and brows, how to truly grow them out, were the extensions really bad for me? And then also I really loved that at lunchtime I would go get my lash extensions done and I would like nap or completely decompress during that time. And to me, I just felt a connection on um, kind of like serving clients who are looking for rest and you can receive rest in your beauty treatments. So I liked that connection. And from there, my head started spinning about, you know, how can I learn this on the side? Maybe it'll be a hobby. Maybe it'll be something I just do to myself. And as I went down that hole, um, I discovered you had to be an esthetician. 
And so I made a decision of leaving my job, going to esthetician school, which was amazing. I recommend everybody go. <laughs> and um, yeah, from there, I just went on the deep dive of like figuring out how to set up this business and how to get clients and not only get clients, how do I educate my clients on um, taking care of their bodies when it comes to lashes and brows? It's often overlooked. Yeah. I love that you brought up the fact that, you know, you used your lash appointments as a time of rest and, you know, it was almost like a mental health care moment. I, I love that. Um, can you elaborate on that more and like how that informs your beauty philosophy and your beauty practice now? Because I just think that's such a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, I just think in order for you to even attend to your beauty, for one, it definitely starts inside. It shouldn't be a frantic thing. It shouldn't be something you're doing to cover up anything. It really comes from within um, finding a sort of peace, especially when you're in New York City. We're always doing something. We're always hopping on a train or a car or a meeting or a phone call. So for me to go into a beauty space and know I'm giving myself permission to cut off from the world. And I'm also receiving care on my body. To me, um, it was just a much deeper level of understanding how much beauty is a part of our lives and we should honor it a little more. Especially, I can speak for New York City girls. I'm also from LA um, where we do love beauty as well. But I think we've been taught to think of something, beauty is something where we're being selfish and it's it's totally not. We should be allowed to try all the treatments, do all the things, um, relax into beauty in a way that I don't think a lot of people are taught to appreciate. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I like asking this question and I, I'm curious what your answer might be because you started off with fashion and then you got into beauty and later in life. But I do find that people who are in creative fields, particularly beauty, you know, they can look back at their life and they can pinpoint memories or experiences that kind of shaped their relationship with beauty and kind of were almost like formative in that respect. Can you think of anything like when you look back that led you down this path? Yeah, it's definitely my mother. Um, my mom was, once again, we I was raised in LA and Chicago with my mom in LA. Definitely in the era, um, LA's always been sort of like a clean beauty, holistic um, type setting for a lot of people. And I was definitely raised in that. Um, I grew up with like clean products in my household before people knew what that was. So seeing my mom's approach to beauty, it really was about taking care of herself, especially as a single mom and running her own um, publicity firm for many years, uh, decades. And I just saw the way she really appreciated a bath soap or a mud clay or oils. She was very much about her body oils. Um, never like big into makeup, but loved a lipstick. I remember when MAC came out, we were like at the beauty counter looking at everything. So I definitely was informed um, by her on a deeper level what beauty is and not according to the worldly sense, especially growing up in LA. Um, where your aesthetic is very much a thing. She was very chilled about it, but she also 
was very into it in her holistic way of like, she needed her beauty in order to function, to raise this household, to run a business. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of aesthetic, I want to ask you, how would you describe your aesthetic and how did you come to craft your aesthetic? Because your work is so beautiful. Um, I, I want to know how you came to, to form it. It was a lot of, well, first I want to say it's ever-changing, but it's a lot of my fashion background. I'm very seasonal. So every season I do look off for like, what am I into visually? What's catching my eye? I try to tune in um, creatively on everything I do with this business. I knew a lot of my fashion background would lead into this. Uh, beauty and fashion are very connected. So it really is a vibe I try to catch every season and it's really wrapped around me and like what visually makes me happy and what colors um, I'm into at the moment or even fonts and feelings, uh, it all leads back into kind of crafting the brand and uh, the feel behind the brand. And I think with that, you kind of get people on a flow such as fashion does as well, where there's trends, um, where it starts to build like this community because it's a feeling of like, that's what I'm actually feeling inside or those visuals are resonating with me maybe this winter. And it, um, it inspires you to like circle back around to yourself. Mm -hmm. So speaking of trends, I'm curious, do various brow and lash trends inform the work that you do? Like how do you respond to trends that are happening in the market? Because brow trends, we, we can see on TikTok, they change quite rapidly now. <laughs> I keep my aesthetic uh, with my clients pretty natural, but I, I'm, I would say I keep it pretty natural, but I also believe in all the fun and all the trends that are going on. Like people are like, no to the thin brow. But I'm like, some girls can rock that thin brow and it's very cute on them. So to me, it's really body to body. And it's more about like, what are you into? What are you feeling right now? I usually chat with my clients a little before we do their brows. I would say overall, most of them, we go very natural, very um clean as far as like, I don't wax, I tweeze and I trim. So there's a lot of styling involved when it comes to lashes right now. I'm lifting lashes. I might lift at different ways during different times just by what I'm inspired by. But I think in general, it's like, it's body to body for me. I don't go after certain trends just because they're in, but there's also certain trends that I won't do. Like I'm not into a super heavy lash right now. So I'm never gonna lash someone super heavy. There's just certain things um, that I'm not into, but I respect. And if I know someone who does those things, I like to send people to those people. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, you can say that's not my personal work, but here's somebody who might be able to, you know, craft that look for you. Um, let's talk about brows. Uh, I, I always like to start these conversations with just like, getting the basics, or at least your basics, what you view as the basics of brow care. So, you know, when you get a new client or, you know, when you are trying to educate somebody, what are the baseline 
knowledge points do you share with folks about brow care? So for one, I always see if someone's doing a grow out because that automatically puts us into different areas. So if you're trying to grow out your brows, that means we're not doing a lot of tweezing, um, more so trimming and more so let's talk about your products and how can we hold you over while you're growing out your brows because the grow out game is nothing but patience. You need to give yourself like a good year before you start to even reevaluate if you're going to grow out or not. So with that, it's like, what are your tools? Let, let's get your tools together so you can feel a little bit more confident about this grow out. One of the basics for everybody is a basic spoolie, a clean black spoolie. Brush through your brows every day. There's skin behind there. It needs to be exfoliated gently. A little brush does it. Um, and also, I believe in brow conditioners. This is hair on your face, and we live in different elements. I see a lot of dry skin. I see a lot of dry hair. Oils are your friend when it comes to brow hair. Um, I give my clients coconut oil. Castor oil is great. Any oil can be really good. Putting some oil on your brows at night and washing it off in like five minutes is like a great conditioning treatment. A lot of times if your hairs are too dry, you're not liking the way product is holding on. You're not liking the way when you brush them, they you need to soften and care to the hair. So when you attend to the hair, the hair attends to you a little better to say so. I love that brow conditioner. I feel like that is a TikTok trend in the making. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I've seen brow mask. Um, there's a few brow conditioners out there. They come in like mascara form. So we're getting there. There's a lot on the market. Okay. So say somebody wants to do this grow out phase and, you know, you said a full year of patience. So what does that I mean, obviously that you you want to encourage growth in some ways. So that can be like the brow conditioners and the oils like you just mentioned. But what are some other tips that you tell people in their hair growth journey? Because brows can be really hard to grow. Patience. Um, <laughs> patience is number one. I think if you can mentally do it, then you're good to go. I think it's definitely just a mental game. A lot of people come in thinking their brows look worse than what they are. Um, it's amazing how we kind of view ourselves sometimes when in reality of others, that's not even what's going on. So I do, I will hand off a serum. Um, I tell people brow serums, if you can find one that's actually sparking growth, that's fantastic. I've seen a couple do it um, on a majority of clients, but sometimes it might be one or two clients. It Nothing is coming from that and it's not happening. I mean, when you're growing out your brows and you feel like you're not seeing any growth after the year and it's you're still wanting more, I would say there's other options such as brow lamination, which I do. And that's relaxing the brow hair. Um, a lot of people think it makes your brows just stick up and stay. That's people enjoying their brow lift and they want a feathered look, but a brow lift actually softens the hair and makes it really controlled. So therefore you can kind of shape it the way you want and achieve a fuller look much easier. 
Besides brow lamination, there's microblading. I don't do that. I know a lot of good artists in the city who do. That's an option for many people. And then like, we're all waiting to see like where um, brow implants go. Cause if you're around, you know, that's what's going on too. <laughs> I, I know somebody with brow implants. I'm curious to see, you know, how how it will take off. It seems like because her she she got it several years ago, actually. Um, but they they took follicles from her head and then put it here. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. And we might be talking about this. I might know who you're talking about too. <laughs> We'll talk offline. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Cause we talk about it all the time too. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, no, it's definitely super interesting. I'm curious to see um, what happens. It's definitely that. growing. I, uh, Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen, she just got it done. And a handful of other celebrities have gotten done. So I think it's advancing consistently. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to ask you, why you prefer tweezing and trimming over threading or waxing? For me personally, I think that when you trim and tweeze, you can be, um, you get very detailed. Brow hair is something like where one hair can truly change the shape of the brow. So for me, I find waxing um, too extreme and it also gives off a cleaner look, which really isn't my aesthetic. So I've seen amazing waxing and threading. It's just not a style that I'm into as an artist. I like to be very detailed. I like to even sometimes I go in and trim hair by hair. If there's like certain hairs that just need to be tamed. I really like, um, I really like like the slow process of tweezing and trimming. Threading, I think, is a beautiful art form. It's something I've never trained at. Um, I don't think it's something I'll get into. I do find for certain people, if you thread, you can pull out a certain baby hair. And once that hair is gone, it's gone for good. And you get the next level of hair growth, which is hair of color. And then you might find like on your eyelid, now you have hairs where you didn't have hairs before. So you have to be careful about threading, making sure you're going to someone you really trust. Um, it, otherwise, you can just receive hairs that you're not looking for in areas because the threading will take out all the hair. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see with at home maintenance? Because, you know, obviously people will go to their brow appointments for shaping, etc. Um, but then most folks go home and they do a little maintenance here and there. You know, what are the mistakes that you want people to stop doing? I would say trimming is my number one. <laughs> I've seen um, some bad trim jobs and then they come back in and they want their brows a certain way. And it's like, we got to wait now for that to grow back in because trimming can be harsh if not done the right way. Over plucking. Uh, I think after the pandemic, a lot of people are picking at their hair. I totally understand, but keep your hands away from your face. That's always a good one. For maintenance, other than that, I say, this is when I do say like, have fun with your makeup because it will calm your nerves when it comes to like achieving a certain brow look, like play in the makeup, not with the tools to remove hair, save that for the professional. 
I certainly agree with that. And I did want to ask you about makeup. You know, obviously your world is very much in brow care, but I'm sure you have opinions on, you know, what sort of brow makeup products people should be using. Like, are you a gel fan? Are you a pencil fan? Powder? Does it kind of depend? I like them all. And it really depends on the kind of brow look you're trying to achieve. I find when someone has less hair, we like to do a powder first because that kind of lays down, like think of a shadow, like a foundation. And then we can go over that with a pencil as well to create natural brow strokes. I'm really loving uh, brow pins right now. I think they're really cool to give a natural look, but I find them complicated. So I'm sure a lot of people who don't really even mess with their brows would find a pin a little difficult. I think pencils are your friend because you can shade and you can draw. So there's a lot of room there. And I love a brow. I would say I think I love brow waxes more than gels. I think they have a better hold and they usually don't dry leaving a residue. Like it just stays there. Whereas sometimes a gel will turn a little white or a little crusty later, or it might smush the hair together a little too much. I find waxes, the right combination of like a good shading and a wax can do miracles on brows. You know, I I love that you say use makeup to play around with shapes. Um, And I think that that is such an important point because kind of like I noted earlier, I feel like brow trends just kind of come at us at the speed of light on Instagram and TikTok now. Like there's always a new brow shape to try. There's always something that, you know, people are saying, this is, you know, the the new brow brow hack. And, you know, I, I think the one that we're seeing right now is definitely kind of that like straight lifted brow where it gives you that like real like pulled back effect, like um, that like pulled back hairline effect. And I'm curious, you know, are you seeing people ask for that shape? Like, how are you telling people to achieve it that maybe don't have that shape naturally? Is this something that most people like, or is this something that is an achievable shape for most people? No, because usually your natural shape isn't going to give you that lift you really want. So there's a few options with makeup. Sometimes it really is concealing the brow hair on the side. So it looks a little shorter and then feeling when with a pencil, how high you want to go. That's one trick. It takes a lot, uh, depending on what kind of hair you have. That's for people who don't have a lot of hair on their ends. Other than that, we could grow into that sometimes. It really is a face-to-face, according to how the structure is in your face, if we can achieve that. Tinting can sometimes help give that effect. So when you do a brow tint, more than just coloring in, it really does give you more definition than you usually have. So a tint can fake higher arches, which can lead into a higher wing up. There's different ways to kind of hack it sometimes. But I mean, other than that, you need to go see your dermatologist because (laughs) they have things that uh, can lift your brow up for you. And even with that, your brow will only go so high. A lot of what you're seeing um, on TikTok or on socials, um, makeup artists use tape. So they tape up and then they apply makeup to cover the tape. Also, if you're just gonna, you know, you want the look for a night, just 
ponytail your hair up on the sides. It really does lift up the face and you play with all your makeup in that way as well. I think the dermatologist point is a very good one. I don't think people necessarily realize that sometimes these looks are achieved with very skillful Botox and filler. <laughs> yes, yes. In order to achieve, I mean, it's called a brow lift where you can have your sides raised up, but even that will only raise you so far. There's also something called threads, which they put into your cheek. That's going on a lot, um, probably more even overseas than here. It's been going on, but that gives that real dramatic pull up of the face. I mean, and I'm from LA, the girls are getting facelifts. Let's just be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no point in trying to hide it. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about lashes now. Let's start with the basics again. What are your lash basics? What do you tell people? So I love this because lash and brow basics are the same. Once again, you want to dry spoolie and you should be brushing through your lashes every day. I don't think people understand that your lashes are there to collect dust and debris from the day. It keep, they're keeping things out your eyes. So at the end of the night, it is to give them a, a gentle little brush. The lash line can get dry, especially during the winter. It might be blocking some growth. Um, so it's good to just lightly brush through your lashes. And then once again, oil I give my clients coconut oil. It's a favorite of mine. You can also use castor oil. If you have very thin lashes, lashes castor oil really helps um, thicken the lash. So once again, it's exfoliating and it's hydrating. Once you do that, from there, you have the option of serums for growth. I put a lot of my clients on serums, um, especially if they've had lash damage from past tools or lash extensions, things like that. I think a lot of us are in a cycle of lash abuse and we don't know it. So I would love to tell you, yeah. Yeah, because I think this needs to be spread like far and wide. Your lash curler hates you and it's killing your lashes. Oh no. They're horrible. I've seen the worst damage with lash curlers and waterproof mascara. So waterproof mascara, in order for it to stick on your lash, it's dehydrating the lash. That's why it will not move. It's hard to get off. You find it days later. While it's dehydrating your lash, it's stripping the lash. It's also breaking off your lashes and chipping them off at the tips. I've seen it for the past five years now. It's a horrible product. Um, along with the lash curler, it's slowly pulling out little chunks of lashes, whether you think it is or not. And it's also stressing out your lash line. Wow. Okay. So that waterproof mascara thing is super interesting. I've never even thought, I mean, I guess when I think of waterproof mascara, I think the biggest thing is like, it's just really hard to get off and that can be harsh on the skin, eyes, whatever, but it's actually dehydrating the strand underneath. That's fascinating. Yes, in order for it to hold on, it's a dehydration process. It's horrible because you put it on and you really like the way it builds up and it stays. So you keep applying and you're not noticing that your lashes are being stripped each time. So it puts people on a pretty vicious cycle of like, I don't know what to do to get my lashes to come back. I keep using this mascara because I have no lashes. And then you find yourself with like very thin lashes slowly pulling away. And, and as you get older, that damage becomes permanent. Yeah. 
Um, okay, curlers. So that's probably a tough pill to swallow for a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah, it's the same cycle too. People love the look of their lash being lifted. So they keep doing it to get something out of the lash, not realizing that they're damaging it. So it's this abusive cycle you're going through with that tool, um, holding on to that little bit of curl, but it's really damaging to the lashes. It puts your lash line in shock each time you're tugging at it and it can start to signal to stop growing. Yikes. Okay, what do we do instead? <laughs> well, of course I do lash lifting. So I tell everybody to like find a lash artist who's doing a keratin lash lift this really helps because what a lash lift is doing is breaking down the protein in your lash and putting in even more protein. But now your lashes are curled up. They should be tinted and lifted. And therefore, you're going to stop touching your lashes because you're going to feel like they're done. You just need to make sure you're hydrating them after you get a lash lift. Other than that, it's really, once again, a patient's game of leaving the lashes alone. If you can leave your lashes alone and exfoliate and apply a little bit of castor oil every night, you will realize in six to eight weeks you have different lashes. A lot of people don't realize you get new lashes every six to eight weeks. They're constantly shedding and regrowing. They're all in different phases of growth. So if you continue a cycle of letting them be for six to eight weeks, you get motivated when you start seeing like, oh, my lashes, they're like looking different as they're coming in. So I say leave them alone. Another thing people always think is damaging is lash extensions. And that's a lie. Your lashes should be growing when you wear lash extensions. It's really about how you're getting lashed, how heavy is the lash they're putting on each individual lash. Okay. So what is a like a, a healthy, what does a healthy lash extension look like? Like something that is going to not, you know, inhibit lash growth while you get them? It's hard for the consumer to know this. It really does take a lash artist who is knowledgeable and understands um, the growth process for your lashes. Usually if a lash is very heavy and it looks kind of heavy on your lash line, it probably is too heavy for your lashes to carry it and it's damaging. So a lot of times it's the lighter, the better, but that goes from body to body again, because some people naturally grow more lashes than others on their lash line. So anytime they get lash extensions, it looks heavy. You really have to find a trusted uh, lash artist, and you can usually tell about how knowledgeable they are about the health and care of your lashes. So it's really just about like asking questions when you find a pro just to kind of like get a a read on, you know, their, their lash philosophy almost. Exactly. You should ask them what their aftercare is, double check what's best uh, aftercare on a Google search, like ask them questions, then go do your own research. It is your eyes. So it's important. And you should feel like that about any beauty treatment. For sure. I was going to ask about pre and post care, but I'm going to get that into a, in a second. But I wanted to ask, you know, because there are a few different options, like professional lash options that you can go with, whether it's, you know, tinting, lifting, 
extensions, you know, what, what is your recommendation for folks? Um, or like out of these treatments, like who is best suited for which option? How do you help people guide them in the right direction? I tell everyone, everyone qualifies for a lash lift, a keratin lash lift, everyone, whether you're growing out your lashes, whether they're healthy, damaged, whatever they are. I like to get my clients lifted even when they're uh, damaged and need a grow out because it kind of motivates them to take care of their lashes now that they're lifted and they're seeing them in a different light. They see more of the potential of their lashes. So they're more prone to keep up a routine at this point. So it's good to start the cycle of care to me. So if you're getting a lash lift, you're feeling already better about your lashes than they were. So now we're gonna guide you to keep taking care of them and have you in on a regular routine so they can grow out. And before you know it, you grow your lashes to a point you do not need extensions. Extensions really should be something you get for special occasions, um, maybe a couple times a year. It's You shouldn't have to feel like you need lash extensions all the time. You should be able to have your own lashes out and you know less maintenance i'm all about low-key maintenance like how can i wake up and not do much and still look wonderful can people wear just regular mascara when they're in this like care like this like six to eight week care journey or is it is it just waterproof or can they wear like normal mascara you can wear normal mascara for sure. Um, I say the harder the mascara is to get off, the more damaging it probably is. Mascara shouldn't um, stick on that hard. So there are brands that don't say they're waterproof, but from what I've seen from the damage, they are. I always tell clients, we're in a realm right now where um, clean mascara is really stepping it up. So I, I highly re recommend a clean mascara. Myself, I couldn't wear regular mascaras or eyeshadows growing up. They always irritated my eyes. So I've been playing with all the clean mascaras and it's wonderful. They're very non-irritant and they're great on the lashes. My clients who stick to certain brands, I see like it's, it doesn't matter if they're wearing mascara or not. It's completely safe. What are some of those uh, mascaras that you love? Oh, I love, um, I'm a big fan of the Say Beauty mascara. It stays on really well. Um, Merit is really nice for a heavier look. I think it's really good. Um, I'm a fan of Ami Cole. Uh, it's a newer brand. Their mascara does really well. And I really like the um, Tower 26 as well. Great brands. Um, great options. Love all those. Okay, let's go over pre and post care with um, lash lifts what, and extensions. What are people supposed to do? Yeah, pre-care really is you just don't come in with any uh, makeup on. Make sure you haven't curled your lashes with the curler in the past couple of days. This just all really improves the lift. It's not uh, a matter of is it going to damage the lift or not. It's more so once you have a lift, the aftercare. And so anytime you get a lift, you should give yourself 48 hours with no moisture on your lashes. Keep them dry. And from there, 
where you're gonna start using your oil. I highly recommend coconut oil. You're really tapping it on to the hair. It's not a brush through with the spoolie. You're adding very little oil because as we all know, oil spreads, you don't need a lot. Brushing through the lashes is something you should be doing every morning for sure. And then uh, depending on the client, I recommend a serum. So at night, it really is tapping your lashes with coconut oil and then your lash line with a lash serum. Do you have any favorite lash serums? Oh, I'm a big fan of uh, Barbaletta. Yeah, I like them because any lash serum, there's a lot going on about what lash serums are, if they're good or bad. I say find something balanced. The Barbaletta has peptides and pumpkin seed extract. So I like any time we're like mixing things and we're balancing things out. It's not extreme to one end or the other. Mm, Okay, that's a good tip. Okay, so... This is a fun question that I ask people, and it's, what is their beauty hot take? So, you know, an opinion that is um, perhaps counter culture to what's happening in the zeitgeist, but you feel very strongly about it. I think mine is always pretty holistic, like do whatever you want to do. Uh, Tune out. That's a big one for me, like tune out and listen to self and like, what do you want to do? It's okay if you want to do something people might think is extreme. It's okay if you don't want to do anything, but like tune out. And I think with that, we get back to kind of tuning in to fill out what we really want to do. And with everything, this is the Libra in me, balance, like balance all your shit out. Excuse me. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm a Libra moon. So I, I, you said you're a Libra and I, I was like, oh, Libras, I love. Yes. Libra Virgo. So beauty is in me, whether I want it or not. I'm a Virgo sun, Libra moon. What are you? Oh, uh, Virgo sun, Libra rising moon cancer. Okay. Very good. That's a good mix. Okay. So now I want to ask you what you use in your routine. Um, we can start with beauty. So, you know, what What are your skincare, hair care, makeup, and then, of course, lash and brow? Yeah. Um, skin. Like, like, I love skin. I go and get facials at least once a month. I'm very into, I think it's like, it's a big part of your daily. If you have good skin foundation, then makeup comes a lot easier is what I discovered. (laughs) So I love um, Epilogic. I really love their products. I just started using their double feature, which is a light retinol and an AHA. And it's fantastic. I wake up feeling very good about my skin and it it takes a lot for me to, I I feel like I have good skin. So for my skin to feel even better, it's just like, ooh. (laughs) And then I love maple water. It's like the first thing I put on my skin. I say like your skin needs water. It needs to hydrate. So it's a great hydrator. I love... I just started using You Beauty during the day, their serum. I really like it. I saw a couple of my clients using it, so I was curious. And I do notice a difference um, in texture that I really love. I also oil cleanse. I'm a big oil cleanser. I like to oil cleanse in... uh, 
I hope I'm not butchering this guy schwa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I love to do that in the morning. It's kind of a ritual for me at this point in order for me to kind of center it makes me slow down. So I appreciate that a lot. I think those are my skin hair care, hair care. It's like talk to my stylist. I have like five of them depending on what hairstyle I'm getting and I trust them with my hair. Um, I say for everybody regular trims should be your hair care and a good conditioner. And I have like five. <laughs> okay, I know you said, you know, make up your low key, but do you have any favorites that, you know, you're you stick with? Yeah, I'm really into the Say Beauty. Um it it feels uncomplicated. I love a tinted moisturizer. Uh Ami Cole again, I really like their tinted moisturizer as well. I'm a big fan of that. And their lip oil, I mean, it stays on my lips. So I'm a huge fan of like a good gloss. And their lip oil hydrates my lips for the whole day. So I appreciate it while also being very glossy. Other than that, for makeup, I've been using I can't think of it. I forgot these little blush tubes. I've been playing around with all the cream blushes. Yeah, I love a cream blush. They're multitasking and you just tap it all over. You're good to go. Makes it so easy. So easy. Okay. And then obviously I need to know what you personally do for your brows and lashes. Yes. So I have a lift right now. I don't think anyone can really see it on here, but they're lifted. (laughs) So I I love a lash lift. Um, I'm on the same routine as my clients. I wake up, I brush through my lashes. Sometimes I'll use a keratin mascara. It's just a clear mascara of keratin. I really like Um, I'll brush that through my lashes for daytime. And then by nighttime, I'll do a light brush again. But I tap on coconut oil and then I uh, swipe my lash line with uh, the Barbaletta. Uh, lash serum. And that is it. I keep it nice and easy. My brows are actually microbladed. There's hair there. So with my hair, I definitely keep it hydrated. I've seen growth in this past year. I decided to completely stop touching my brows. Besides, um, like occasional brow lamination I'll do to myself. But other than that, I really leave them alone. I've been playing with brow serums. I like to test things on myself so I can recommend them to clients as well. So I've seen some hair growth in this past year. So I'm hopeful. (laughs) And then the last thing that I ask about your teen is your well-being must-haves. You know, we, we believe that it's all interconnected. And so, you know, how you take care of yourself as a whole obviously influences, you know, how, how you see yourself. So what, so what are the core parts of your well-being habits? This changes seasonally for sure. Right now I'm in a phase of Pilates. I have to have Pilates classes. Um, I believe in moving the body. I've been trying to wake up and make sure that like I kind of sit in the sun to kind of activate myself. That's a big one for me. Um, I usually can get to a 10 minute meditation in the morning. That's key for me and for my mental health. I've noticed a big difference um, as far as focus, especially living in New York City. 
water water is my number one beauty secret i tell everybody like start with water and then think about everything else um we we need water we need to water ourselves so that's been a mission for me to even drink more water during the day make sure i stay hydrated when your skin's hydrated it looks better makeup goes on easier things grow a lot easier when you're nice and hydrated so that's key and other than that, it kind of switches from like month to month as well, depending on what's going on in business and family life. But those are pretty much the, the foundation of things for me. Well, those are pretty good things to stick with. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a fascinating episode. I definitely learned that I have perhaps been doing some things that I need to reevaluate. So (laughs) thank you. Uh, I always love when people come on and they, you know, they school me a little bit. (laughs) It keeps me in check. So thank you so much. This was so fascinating. Of course. And thank you for having me. I really loved uh, being here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.